Welcome to a weekly look at all things high school sports around the South Plains. Powered by the Lubbock Avalanche Journal. Here's the Lone Star Varsity Podcast. Hey everybody and welcome to another edition of Lone Star Varsity Podcast. I am Alexis Cubitt, the high school sports writer at the Lubbock Avalanche Journal. And as you can tell, I am rolling solo today. Carl Silva, the sports editor, is in Dallas for Big 12 Women's Basketball Media Days. So I will be sailing the ship alone today. Um, we'll go ahead and get into some, some football from this past week, get into what's going on this week. And in the second segment, I will be speaking with Sundown coach Adam Cummings. They have a big game against Post coming up. Both teams come into the contest um, undefeated in district play. Post is undefeated overall and ranked 10th in their class and division. And then Sundown has a 5-2 and two record, and they are on a four-game win streak. So if you're looking for Coach Cummings, stay tuned. He will be in the next segment. But for now, we'll go ahead and get into some football talk and just kind of chat a little bit about last week. The game that I went to was the friendship game against Midland High. They actually won that one, which is the first district win under head coach Jay Northcutt. Uh, I know that was a, a big deal, obviously, for him and his tenure there, and then for those seniors that really wanted to be the ones to to get things going. They were um, underclassmen, obviously, when he got there, so I believe this will be his first graduating class, just doing a little mental math. Um, and, yeah, I mean, they're obviously really excited about the opportunity to get that done. I know they were disappointed um, and not getting the win against Midland Lee, although they, they stuck around like we talked about last week um, pretty close there until just some things happened at the end that just allowed the game to kind of get away from them. So uh, just a good thing about the, this friendship team is that every time they've lost, they've responded in a big way. Um, they had the loss against Wichita Falls, Hershey, in overtime, came back the next week and beat Lubbock Cooper in four overtimes. They had the loss against Midland Lee, uh, two weeks ago, came back last week and beat Midland High. Um, and you could just tell the the energy was there. It's something that, like I said, they've really wanted. Um, it came out right away and just got things going. Will Bayouth really engineered that offense to start out with their running back. And so when he was able to kind of get some things going, that opened up the passing game for Donovan Smith to have a, a big game, which he did. And then, you know, getting into those receivers, Jordan Maiden coming through big, Cooper Scott coming through, Drew Hocutt had a, a, a two-yard catching touchdown. So just a lot, of, a lot of good things, a lot of good nuggets from that game. And then the defense for them to, to post a shutout, um, you know, getting that safety that was set up by the special teams and just different things that they were able to do, really keeping that Midland High offense in check. So... Um, shout out to them for getting that win, and so they'll be going to Odessa this week and seeing if they can kind of get some things going, which um, I think they definitely can. Uh, I think they can they can get that win against Odessa and uh, get that playoff spot, which is another one of their goals for this season in terms of just making the postseason and going more than one round in the postseason, winning that by-district game and going to that area contests and seeing uh, what more they can do. I think they definitely have the experience, talent, leadership, everything just seems to be put together really well for them to to do some good things this season. So 
Um, we'll see what this week has to hold for them. Uh, another game that was on the radar, you know, we were covering was the Coronado and Monterey game, which was a very high-scoring game. Um, talked to Coach Hutch earlier today, and the thing was it was just a lot of turnovers for Monterey that Coronado capitalized off of. I mean, you have two quarterbacks that can be very explosive and prove that they were in that game. And so uh, when you have something like that, you kind of have to really, you know, rely on your defense in some areas. And so, um, you know, just Coronado, like I said, was able to kind of capitalize off of those opportunities. Um, Monterey kind of narrowed the score late, couldn't get the two-point conversion. So that's something that obviously they'll be carrying into this week. It's kind of a a do-or-die situation for them uh, hosting Paladero um, this coming Friday. So um, the main goal, obviously, for everybody is to make the, the postseason. And so this will be a game that can dictate where they go from here. I mean, the, they're basically going to have to win out to be able to have you know a chance at that postseason. And then for Coronado to win that game, um, it definitely gave them a little bit of breathing room, but you never want to get too comfortable Obviously, in that that district, in that kind of a situation, you definitely want to win as many games as possible because once you kind of guarantee, I guess, maybe that playoff, the next thing is seeding. And, you know, seeding is obviously something that is very important in terms of just the postseason, where you play, how you're kind of feeling going into those games, so who your opponent is. And so um, just kind of, kind of one of those games, and so – with the rivalry also, you know, that added another dimension to it. So uh, Coronado coming out with the win definitely, like I said, gave them a little more breathing room. But, um, you know, we'll see. They have the bye week this week and just getting things, you know, obviously taken care of there. And then the week after, they'll play at Paladur on Halloween. So uh, we'll see what else unfolds in that district. Um, another one, Estacado. Still undefeated, had the shutout over Dalhart. Um, so Coach Cooley kind of talked about how it may not have been, you know, the prettiest game or the most maybe complete game that they had wanted, but to be able to come out of there with the win, I mean, it just kind of speaks to the caliber of Estacado and, you know, what they're able to do um, in terms of just that balance of having, you know, quarterback like Jalen, then his brother Jeremiah there at running back and, you know, even playing without TJ still right now, you have Isaiah Diaz who is coming up and um, just really filling in that position really well as far as wide receivers go. Um, and then on defensively, I mean, it kind of speaks for themselves. They've just been playing really, really well defensively and have a lot of different pieces that have contributed to their success. So they'll have uh, Periton at home this week on Thursday. And, you know, that's Kind of maybe a trap, I won't say trap game, but it's definitely one that you can't take lightly. You can't take anybody lightly. And so I think that they've taken what they've learned from last year and know that, you know, you can't take a week off. You have to play everybody full strength like it's, you know, the state champion. And so I think they'll come in with that kind of mindset because now you have where the idea of, you know, running the table or going undefeated during the whole regular season, that's kind of a tempting, a tempting thing that everybody wants to get. And so I think that's something that they're now gunning for. 
Um, they're wanting still to to consistently put those four quarters together. And if they can do that, I mean, the sky's the limit right now as far as just how they're, they've been able to play and get everybody involved. Um, so we'll see how that goes uh, this Thursday. Then another one to kind of look at, Sudan, obviously we talked to, or Carlos talked to Coach Cornelius last week there at Sudan um, just about their overall team. Christian Montez is obviously having a really, really great season for them kind of their do-it-all player on offense, but he's definitely got a good supporting cast around him that, um, you know, allows for him to have that success. And they have their their success and their right as well. So, um, you know, good things happening. And obviously him coming in, this being uh, Coach Cornelius's first season at Sudan, I mean, you really can't ask for a better position to be in right now as far as uh, being undefeated goes and just the, the level that they're playing at right now. So, they're another one that's, you know, really having a lot of success this season and, and doing some great things at that uh, 2A level. So, um, yeah, and then this week coming in, we'll have Lubbock Christian is going to Fort Worth Temple, another undefeated team. Um, they obviously balance really well with their two quarterbacks there, the two Alexes, Timmins and Lack, and then Zeke Lott there in, on defense. Um, just doing really, really good things, and, you know, I think it definitely helped like I mentioned before, having those that UIL experience and playing them, um, they passed their first district test against Flower Mound Quorum Deo, who was basically going to be the test as far as that district goes um, to see maybe just where this team is in terms of um, you know where they were when Chris Offley first came in versus where they want to be. I think they're in a very good position right now. Um, Again, a lot of senior leadership, I and mean, you can't really uh, talk enough or speak highly enough about what senior leadership has. I mean, you see that with programs like Friendship, like the Lubbock Christians. I mean, you even see that, you know, with Abernathy, um, a lot of different programs, Sundown, like I'll be talking to Coach Cummings about later on. Um, you can't say enough about senior leadership, and that's something that Lubbock Christian certainly does not lack for better lack of lack of a better term, um, which includes you know a lot of different a lot of different key pieces. Um, ironically, Alex Lack is a junior, so um, but still an important piece in kind of leading leading that team. And so um, they'll definitely be be another one to watch out for this week and see just how far they can go in that district. Um, then you have um, Roosevelt. I did my column this week. If you didn't see it, you can check it out on at LubbockOnline.com. My column this week was on uh, Roosevelt and just how Matt Landers is able to kind of work that program and get some things going there. They're 2-0 and in district play for the first time since 2012. Um, last year they went 1-9, and so this season's record, um, I believe they've won three games, if memory serves me correctly, um, three in a row. And so already a big improvement from last season. Those are the kind of steps that you'd like to see a program take and just bodes really well for them. He credited a new defensive coordinator, Noel Ramos, and coming in, friendship graduate, coach at friendship is now coming in. Um, He's having a lot of success, you know, with those guys. Uh, J.J. Diaz being a big piece for them. Um, Jacob Torres being a huge piece for them. Um, just coming in and being able to to contribute on both sides of the ball. He's 
uh, tied with JJ for, um, or Jacob Torres rather, um, tied with JJ for most tackles. And so that's obviously um, something you'd want. You'd want to see from a player to be able to, especially at, you know, the the smaller levels, a two-way player that is able to contribute in a big way. Um, you know, that's just, that's ideal, obviously. And a lot of conditioning, I'm sure, goes into that. So um, they'll have a big test this week as well against Idaloo. Just kind of see um, where they are in terms of that progress. Idaloo obviously coming back with an experienced quarterback in Dylan Lopez. Um, some other games this week, Rawls will play Tahoka. Um, like I mentioned, Estacado is playing Perrington at home on Thursday. Um, so just a lot of different games. Brownfield's playing at Denver City. Um, Abernathy also undefeated in district play, only has one loss on the season going to Colorado City. Um, so a lot of just good matchups this week that uh, we will definitely be having our eye on. This is, you know, getting toward the stretch. It's the, you know, week nine. It's only three more weeks for the rest of the season, so or the regular season, I should say. So, um, you know, it's it's kind of a, a do-or-die time right now for those teams and uh, for those teams that have already kind of guaranteed their playoff spot. It's all about seeding right now, and so um, we'll just see how the rest of the, the season kind of unfolds in terms of that. Um, lastly, we'll kind of get into our stat leaders right now. Um, Jeremiah Dobbins from Estacado still leading the rushing attack. Uh, Jerry Flores coming in second there. Uh, Jeremiah has 1,684 yards on the season. Jerry Flores has 1,084 there at Rawls. Um, as far as passing goes, uh, Sawyer Robins- Robertson, obviously a big game there for Coronado. He is the passing leader among stats that have been reported so far. He's got 2,665 yards on the season. Donovan Smith would be the next one uh, there behind him. That The Friendship Tiger has 2,122 passing yards. Receiving goes, no surprise, John Hernandez there at Coronado, uh, 842 receiving yards on the season. And then we get into defense. Dylan Jordan from New Deal, who's also still undefeated, state ranked. He has 105 tackles on the season. So dethroning Dylan Stokes there from Seminole, who has 93 right now. Um, I believe they had a bye. So they'll be back in action this week. As far as interceptions go, we've got a three-way tie between Ryan Garcia from Rawls, who's still undefeated, as I mentioned, Nathan McDaniel from Post, another undefeated team, and another undefeated team player, Kiki Murray from Estacado. They all have four interceptions. And then uh, quarterback sacks, another big player from post, Tatum Thedford, with six on the season to lead that category. So it's kind of a, just a look at our um, our area and our, our leading statistical players. Um, and so we'll we'll see again, like I said, how everything kind of unfolds this week. So thank you all for listening. This is the first segment. Again, if you want to hear uh, what Coach Cummings had to say there at sundown before their big game against Post. Stay tuned. And again, thank you so much for listening. This has been another edition of Lone Star Varsity Podcast.
and welcome back to the second segment of Lone Star Varsity Podcast. I am here with Sundown Coach Adam Cummings. Coach Cummings, how's it going? I'm doing good, Alexis. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, absolutely. Um, obviously, you guys are off to um, a good district start, 2-0, and and actually four games in a row here. Um, we talked about some adjustments that you're making. How have you seen the guys kind of fit and get into that groove? I, I think we're really starting to kind of kind of understand, you know, what we're trying to do schematically. And uh, we've had some kids that have really matured over the past, uh, you know, six to eight weeks and learned their role and, and uh, just bu- really buying in. And uh, I think, you know, we're starting to see some results and, and things are starting to click at the right time. And I think we're starting to starting to kind of have our identity at the right time. And what would you say that identity is? I know we talked a little bit about um, adjustments when you guys play Tahoka, but what would you say is just the identity of the team right now? I would like to think that our identity is we're a physical team, uh, that we play hard, play with great effort, uh, that we we battle in the trenches. You know, I think our guys up front do a great job for us, both offensively and defensively, uh, just in terms of controlling the line of scrimmage. And I think that's where it all starts for us. And uh, so I think if we had to say we have an identity, it's, it's we're a tough physical team that uh, that likes to battle at the line of scrimmage. Mm-hmm. You can kind of see that, I guess, with how uh, Cade Conway and EJ are coming along there. What have they just meant for you this season? Well, they've done a great job. Uh, you know, the, the great thing about it, though, is, you know, a lot of their success is because of the guys up front. I mean, they're, there's a lot of times they're not even being touched in, until second level, you know, and so they're they're creating big holes for them. But, you know, obviously those two kids run hard and, you know, they they do things on their own as well, but it really does. It starts with those big guys up front. And who would you say, I guess, is kind of the, the leader of that line or, you know, who gets the guys going, who has the most experience coming in? Well, I mean, I think it starts with Dylan Day. Um, you know, he's he's been starting since he was a freshman, uh, two-time offensive line player of the year for our district. Uh, so, I mean, he's, he's obviously a good player. But the great thing about it is we've got, you know, of the five guys we've got up front, four of them are seniors, and, mm-hmm. and they really – uh, they believe in each other and they'll fight for each other. And uh, they've just really gelled well this year. And, you know, Blake Hulse at center uh, does a phenomenal job for us. Um, you know, and then you've got uh, Seth McDaniel at tackle. Um, you know, and, and and those guys they just they just really get after it. And so those four guys, you know, I, I think are uh, are big deals. And then you know our new addition this this year was Trip Richardson. You know, he's been injured the last two years and. And hadn't played a snap in, in really two years until this year. And you talk about just a good shot in the arm for us and, and his leadership and the things he brings to the table. So, you know, when you factor in, excuse me, the three returning guys and then put Trip in the mix, uh, we, we've got a really solid core. Yeah, definitely. You mentioned Dylan Day. He's kind of one of the guys that's anchoring the defense right now. He's the, the leader in sacks, I believe, with five. Um, right. You know, just – I mean, senior year obviously gets guys going just because it's the last season, but how have you specifically seen that just really kind of come to fruition for a player of his caliber? Uh, just his leadership. I mean, he, he goes hard all the time. Uh, he does the right things away from the, the weight room and away from the football field. He's, he's a good student in the classroom. He makes good choices in his personal life. Um, He's just a great leader, a great, uh, and he leads by example, you know, first and foremost. But he's also he's not afraid to, uh, to to speak as well. And and I think when he speaks, kids listen. 
because he, he backs it up with his actions, you know, and uh, it doesn't matter what we're doing, whether it's a drill, whether it's a weight room, uh, whether it's conditioning, he, he's always going to go hard. And, and I think because of his leadership, uh, he's, he's had the success that he has. And then one more kid, I'd be remiss if I didn't mention Christian Huey um, has obviously been, you know, a big piece for you guys, this being his senior year also, you know, what are you just seeing from him? Uh, just again, you know, I think leadership, um, you know, he's, he's one of the ones that kind of had to find his identity this year. You know, we've, uh, we've had to change our offense a little bit and, and it's kind of been growing pains for him. Uh, you know, we're not aired out, you know, four and five wide and tempo and, and, and we're a lot more controlled, a lot more huddle. Uh, and he's had to become more of a game manager and, and more of a, a field general. Uh, when it comes to those type of things, and that's that's a tough transition for a kid to mm-hmm. to make that that transition from, uh, you know, basically running the show and go 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 to slowing it down and and really having to manage the game, right. and, and so I, I think his maturity through this whole process is, is speaks volumes of his leadership and just the caliber of kid that he is. Yeah, and I was going to say, obviously, he's handling it pretty well. Would you say, as far as you know, just like you said, handling that that game management. Yeah, I mean, if you just look at the way he's taking care of the football, um, you know, he makes good choices, makes good decisions. He he runs the ball effectively when he when he needs to, um, and then he just distributes the ball and and makes good choices in his reads and and handles the pressure of of what we're asking our quarterback to do, which is a lot. And and he does a really good job with it. And then overall, I mean, like we said, you had the the win against Trinity Christian, but I feel like that that win against Tohoku was kind of a, a big confidence boost for you guys, and you've used that. Um, here in these past couple games, what specifically did you see in that game that maybe kind of attested to that, or was that that big boost? Uh, just the physicality at which we played. You know, that was the first game where I felt like uh, physically we really came out and just, uh, I don't know, for lack of a better phrase, imposed our will, you know, especially on the line of scrimmage. Um, you know, I felt like our kids – just really cut loose and just had fun, you know, and we talked about it after the game about, you know, how we played with passion and we played with energy. And I think it's just carried over uh, from game to game since then. Mm-hmm. And then one of the things we talked about um, before the season started was just the district and how much it's gotten better. And I think you definitely see that, you know, coming to fruition right now. What are you seeing from all the teams? Obviously you got the win over Hale Center this past week and then last week against Florida, but what's just – the overall feel right now is it pretty much what you expected it to be yeah it really is uh, you know Olton's playing really well right now uh, playing at a high level uh, posts speaks for itself you look at the record you look at their ranking uh, you know we knew they were going to have a lot of kids coming back and then new deal um, you know again kind of speaks for itself with what they've done record wise as well as uh, you know what we knew they had coming back uh, you know, the two teams that we beat, I mean, I'll just be real honest with you. Uh, they had a lot of injuries and they had a lot of kids out. And mm-hmm. I think that contributed a lot to our success against them. You know, and that's nothing that we necessarily did. I mean, we executed sure. our game, but right. but they had kids missing, key kids. And, and so I think Hell Center and Florida, if they get those kids back, you know, they, they, they could be scary, you know. And, and so um, yeah, I think our district is better than it was last year overall. Um I think we definitely have some different looks as far as what teams are doing. Uh, but but by and large, I, I think our district has improved. Mm-hmm. And then speaking of that, a Hale Center win, you guys came out and scored, I believe it was 
43 points in the first half. Um, what, where did you just get that energy from, or what was it that caused the guys to just be able to come out and you know, get things going so quickly? I think, again, it comes back to our, our guys up front, both offensively and defensively, our offensive and defensive line. Um, they just controlled the line of scrimmage. You know, we took the run game away, uh, tried to make them one-dimensional offensively. And then uh, when we were on offense, you know, our, our our big guys up front just creating holes and, and our backs running hard. And, and that opened up our pass game and allowed us to do some things uh, with our play action and, and quick game. And, um, you know, when you're able to execute, take care of the football and win the line of scrimmage, good things are going to happen. And I feel like we did that Friday. Yeah, definitely. And then coming into this week, like we talked about, post has, you know, kind of been that, I guess, dark horse team, if you will. Um, not really sure what to expect maybe coming in, but they've definitely, you know, made some people aware. What are you just kind of seeing from them right now? I don't know who's calling them a dark horse because they, <laughs> they sure want a dark horse. I mean, they were definitely on our radar. Uh, I knew last year what, what the outcome of last year's game when we played them, you know, we, we felt really fortunate uh to to walk away with the win i mean they were they were dangerous last year and all those kids were sophomores and uh, the thetford kid uh, was just kind of starting to come into his own and you know you look at them now and they're all a year older they're a year wiser more mature physically and and mentally uh, I, i'm they're they're a good they're a good ball club uh they, they pose a lot of threats you know with their team speed and, and you know unfortunately they've got a lot of size to go with it so mm-hmm. Uh, they, they just don't have a whole lot of weaknesses that I see, and, and that's. But you know that's what we, that's what you want. I mean, you want your district opponents to be that caliber because right. it makes everybody better, and and because of that, we're we're all more prepared for playoff runs, and and so I I think our kids are excited about the opportunity to play them, and uh, just like they are, I think they're mm-hmm. excited to play us as well, and so um, I, I don't know, they're a good good football team. We're, we're just looking forward to the challenge. What do you think it'll take to to just get that win? Obviously, like you mentioned, that physicality. It's kind of, I guess, how you would maybe define your district as far as just how everybody plays. But what are you, you know, expecting? What would be the keys to that game? Well, I think, like you said, we've we've got to play physical. Uh, we've got to control the line of scrimmage, and then we got to take care of the football. I think if we do those three things, uh, I think we give ourselves a chance. You know, if you don't do those three things, uh, I, I don't. They're, they're too good of a football team for us not to do those things and have success. So, you know, I think we've we've got to do those three things. But if we do, we give ourselves a chance to, to be in the ballgame. We talked a lot about a lot of different kids there on the team. Who do you see maybe being a game changer and someone who um, could potentially, you know, really get the guys going or be that igniting force? I, I mean, I, I think Dylan Day, you know, just uh, on both sides of the ball, you know, uh, I think Gus Davis at, at receiver, you know, obviously he always lots of spark when the ball's in his hands. Uh, and then our running backs, you know, just continue to run hard and, and just trust in those offensive linemen to make things happen. And then defensively, I think Caden Marshall, you know, he's kind of a spark plug for us. He's, he's our leading tackler and, um, you know, very instinctive player and just always seems to have a nose for the football. So I, I think those are just some individual names, but, you know, I, again, I, I really, I truly, I know I sound like a broken record, but I think it starts up front for us in terms of providing that, that source of energy and, and that motivation. I think if our, our big guys up front are doing their job, uh, I think it makes everybody else feel confident in what we're doing. All right, well, thank you very much, Coach Cummings, again for talking with me. Good luck this week, and uh, we'll definitely be keeping an eye out. 
Yes, ma'am. I appreciate it, Lexus. Thanks for having me on. Absolutely. And thank you all for listening to another segment of Lone Star Varsity Podcast. We'll see you next week. <laughs>